Coach Corey Wayne. This is my video coaching newsletter. And today's topic is one of my favorite topics to talk about, which is money. And so the topic of this video is what is money really? There's two things, two main things that money is used for. Number one, it's a medium of exchange. And number two, it's a store of value. In other words, think about it. If, I, if, my, if the front door falls off my house and I'm not a carpenter and I don't have any skills to fix that, I need to hire somebody that knows how to fix that. Now this guy comes over, fixes my door, he's going to want to go to like the Home Depot or an Ace Hardware somewhere and, and buy a door and buy materials and so he's got to use something as a medium of exchange to basically pay, use money to pay for that door. And it's very, you know, in the old days, we used to use bartering. It's, and so it becomes very awkward and very cumbersome. It's like sitting there trying to come up with things that I got that I don't really want anymore that I'd be willing to part with to trade this guy for. I mean, you can imagine, like, here, I got a spare tire in the backyard for you, and I got half of this bologna sandwich that I'll give you, and um, I've got some old CO2 tanks in the garage that I'm not using. Can I trade you all that stuff? And you go and, and get me a door and, and fix my door. Yeah, it's very cumbersome. And the other part is a store of value. It's like through your life as you're working and you save up your money, you want to have that money hold its value. Well, with the Federal Reserve doing QE2, QE1, basically printing money and giving it to all of the banks, what happens is over time it devalues the currency. I mean, I mean, everybody can see that the cost of everything is going up, and it's because this money is being printed and given the bank to the banks to bail them out, and then some of it trickles down to the rest of us. And so the banks are obviously making record profits, making a, a ton of money, where the actual physical dollars, very little of it, is actually flowing down to the people, but yet it's still devaluing our currency. It's just like a, think about it like a, a Babe Ruth baseball card versus like a Joe Rose baseball card. Joe Rose for 30 years has been signing cards, so there's literally probably tens of thousands of his baseball card out there with his signature on it. So it's not really worth a lot, whereas an original Babe Ruth baseball card that maybe had a signature on it or something or that was like an original, there's only like five of them in the world, that's going to be a lot worth a lot more money because it's scarce. In times past, we used gold and silver as a store of value because it requires a lot of work and a lot of effort to mine this stuff and get it out of the earth, whereas like paper, and they can just print it. And today with computers, since mostly everything is digital money, I mean, literally, they just go and type in a keyboard. Like if you go to your bank, and you want to get a $50,000 loan to buy a new car. Here's just something that will really blow your fucking mind and probably will piss you off. You know, there's a saying that goes, the truth shall set you free, but first it will piss you off. And so if you go to a bank, you say, I need $50,000 for a car loan. They're like, sure, we'll lend you that money. Did you know that the bank doesn't even have that fucking money? They're not even lending you money that they actually have. That's a crazy thing. The way fractional reserve banking works is they take, because most of us, in the way I used to think, I thought you go and you borrow money from the bank, they're lending you money that they've actually got. That's not the case. With, they, with fractional reserve banking, it, like in the United States, it's t about 10% is what the reserves has to be. So take your local community bank. Say they've got $10 million in deposits there. 
and what they all they have to do is have ten million dollars there, and that they're allowed by fractional reserve banking to create ten times that amount of money out of thin air. Meaning, they when you go and you get your car loan, they're not going to lend you fifty thousand dollars that they have. All they have to have is five grand in the bank from one in a checking or a savings account from one of their customers, and they're allowed to expand the money supply ten times, and so they create. $50,000 because they've got $5,000 cash and deposit. And so they create this $50,000 out of thin air. They give you a loan for 50 grand. And then on top of that, not only do you owe the $50,000 to them which they didn't even have to begin with, but now you owe them interest. And so the problem with our monetary system is everything is debt. I mean, we're in debt up to our eyeballs. We got credit cards, we got car loans, we got home loans, we got home equity lines. You've got commercial buildings, got loans. You got the governments. Every government is in debt. Everybody's borrowing money. I mean, you look at student loans. It's like it's the only way that money can get into the economy. The way it used to be done, and the way that the whole, you know the reason that the whole Revolutionary War was fought was that basically the government, the people, we the people, get together and they decide how much money is going to be created, and then that goes for infrastructure like. You use it. Use that money to build a highway system that then you can charge a toll for. And that that money, since it's we the people, you create a toll road, money that's created out of thin air, basically. And then the revenue from that goes to the state and the local governments, and that's what they they use for revenue. In other words, when you create money out of thin air, instead of using it and pissing it away. You use it to fund things that can create revenue streams for the counties and the cities. And the reason that the power to print money and determine how much is created and where it goes to resides with Congress is because the way our founding fathers intended it was we would send members of our communities to Congress to say, hey, we need a park. We need this. We need that. It's really important for infrastructure. So they'd get together. Everybody across the nation would vote on it. And then money would be created and it would be given and it would be spent in the local economy. It would pay local construction workers to build these things. Or like a football stadium. We could have a nice football stadium. I mean, think about it. It's we the people. It's, it's our money. And so the, the problem that the system that we have now is that people aren't using gold and silver for a store of value and say, well, wow, they're going up in value. It's like, no, what actually is happening is the dollar is actually losing value. Because what happens now, the only way the money supply can expand is through debt. In other words, when the government borrows $100 billion, what's happening is they're borrowing the money from the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve says, oh, you need $100 billion? Awesome. They go into their little computer. They print it up over at the Treasury. The Treasury creates a government bond. Then they give the bond to the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve goes in and puts $100 billion into the bank account of the government and now the government spends that money and the problem is is that there's always more money that's owed than was created why because it's debt and since it's debt it's always owed with interest so every time the government borrows more money there's always more owed back I'm gonna put a, a, a great documentary that you should watch it's called the secret of the Wizard of Oz and Bill Stills has done a, spent a lot of time going through and researching money and monetary policy over hundreds of years. 
and he even goes over to, the, to England where he looks at tally sticks. Back in, in the old days, three, four hundred years ago, when the kings weren't using gold and silver, what was happening is they would take these maple sticks and they would split them because maple would split, it never splits the same way, and so you could, and they would put these little ridges on there, and those ridges were equal to the amount that was borrowed or, or, or lent out or given or whatever, and the economy was booming, everything was great. Well, the problem that we have now is that, and if you look and you study the history where Thomas Jefferson or Andrew Jackson got rid of the first and then the second national bank respectively which is equivalent of what our Federal Reserve is which the Federal Reserve Bank which prints all of our money they print our money then they give it to the government they I should say they lend it to the government and then now the government is in debt to this private banking cartel that's, that is owned it's not owned by the people of the United States it's owned by the private banking cartel and it exists to service the banks and so you got JP Morgan Bank of America, Citibank, HSBC, all these other fucking banking interests that are these offshore bankers that basically sit on the board of governors for the Federal Reserve System and they decide who gets our money and where it goes. I mean, it's fucking, why should we pay interest on our own money when we can simply create it? And what I, I believe that we should do is we should do away with fractional reserve banking. You know, people say, well, you're just creating money out of thin air and give it to the politicians they'll just piss it away. It's like, what the fuck do you think the banks are doing with that money? They're printing money out of thin air. For every car loan that you get, every business line of credit you get, they're lending you fucking money that they don't even have. They're just going and digitally creating it on a computer. I mean, what a hell of a business. You got no product. It's like all it takes, the laborer that created is is somebody punching in the keys and then debiting your account. Now, if for some reason you borrow that fifty grand and you don't pay it back, obviously the bank has to take a fifty thousand dollar loss in the loan against their P and L statement. So that's how it balances out. But if you pay that back, not only are you going to pay them fifty thousand dollars, which they never had to begin with, but you're going to pay them all this interest on top of it. So you may pay ten, fifteen thousand dollars just in interest when you keep a car loan. I mean. I was in the mortgage business, so I know what the hell I'm talking about. My company and my partners and all of our employees, we originated hundreds of millions of dollars over the years that we were in business in loans. And a lot of, I'd say probably 95% of it was subprime loans. And these were good loans. They weren't all stated income or what was called, commonly called the liar's loans. They were actually a very good product, but unfortunately it got totally abused because of the greed of Wall Street. I mean, think about it. All the It's like you look at the people that sit in our government, whether they're in Congress or the Treasury or the Federal Reserve or Goldman Sachs. It's all the same fucking jerk-offs. These guys go from government to Goldman Sachs, back to J.P. Morgan, back into the government. I mean, look at Larry Summers, this, the brilliant Larry Summers. Like, if this guy was so fucking brilliant, why hasn't he turned the economy around? Because most of these guys don't know what they're fucking doing. I'm going to read you a quote from one of our founding fathers here. And he says, all of the perplexities, confusion, and distress in America arises not from the defects of the Constitution or Confederation, not from want of honor or virtue so much as from downright ignorance of the nature of coin, credit, and circulation. That was from John Adams. He was one of the founding fathers of the American Constitution. And that's the fucking problem 
over the past several hundred years because most people didn't understand the financial system. They didn't understand how money was created. They didn't understand the, the nature of debt. They didn't understand the nature of circulation. Basically, you've got a private banking cartel that in essence has conquered the fucking world. When you look at it through the IMF and the World Bank and how these guys, I mean, look at Greece. You look at people who are protesting and riding in the streets. Why? Because the IMF goes and, well, I guess you can't get any loans from anywhere else. So I know you were just paying 3 or 4%, but since we're not such nice, swell fucking guys, we're going to give you a loan for 5 or 6%. And by the way, we're going to require you to sell off all of your assets if you default. And so obviously they, they make these loans to these fucking politicians that don't know their asshole from a hole in the ground. And then, so what happens now? Of course, they defaulted, and now the IMF is going, well, you're going to have to sell your power plants, your water treatment, you're going to have to sell the subway, you're going to have to sell the trains, the buses, you're going to have to sell the Acropolis. And so all these fucking assholes are over there with the, what is it, the uh, Chamber, of Business, Chamber of Commerce, I think it is. Uh, what was his name? Forbes was over there. And they're like, hey, this is the greatest opportunity in history. It's like all these assets are going to be sold for pennies on the dollar. And so what's happening is the banks are imposing austerity measures on the people. And so in other words, the people's taxes are going up and government benefits, the amount of money the government is spending is going down. And we're in a debt deflation. If all you have to do is look at the numbers which they're out there. I mean, you can look at the Federal Reserve or any of the banks, you can see we're in a debt deflation. I mean, the banks aren't lending money, so that money supply is no longer getting in the economy. So what's happening is the physical amount of, of physical dollars and digital dollars is being extracted from the people. It's like, you know plenty of people. Aren't, are your friends doing well? Are a lot of your friends doing I mean, everybody knows somebody that's really hurting and things ain't gotten better. As a matter of fact, they're going to continue to get worse. Why? It, it's very simple. Money is being extracted and assets of the people are being stripped out and sold off to all their asshole buddies that they went to Harvard, fucking Princeton, Yale, Cambridge, Oxford University, all these fucking Ivy League schools. I mean, I could go on all day about this stuff, but this is there's enough nuggets in here. I'm going to put enough links in this page that it's going to open up a can of worms for you. And I'm going to do some, obviously, some further videos series on this in the future. But that's a lot to think about. It's a lot to take in. So I'll talk to you soon.